0: No ketchup, no ketchup.
1: What's really good, my people? Welcome in. Bears week seven recap. They fall to five and two. It was ugly, ugly in L.A. I had it. Me and Nick talked yesterday be listening to the pod. I felt it coming. Big Nick the Quick thought they would get a win. Let me welcome in the boys. Big Nick the Quick. Obviously, you know Big Nick Harvey and our guy, the Bears insider, Eli cabron What's up, boys? What's going
2: on? Yo.
1: Let's jump Tree. right into it. What's up, like, guys?
0: Tree piece Monday.
1: <laughs> you said it's a KO?
0: No, three, no, that's a three, three points. The offense gave us a three piece. Oh,
1: three piece. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. The, the tree. It was uh it was a KO and it was a three-piece. Um, it was ugly, man. Going into the game, let me start how I was feeling. I said it yesterday. I didn't think we'd be able to score enough points, and we didn't score any points. Um they bullied us. In every single spot they could, on offense, on defense. I want to say Sean McVay called an insane game. He had us on our heels the whole way. He was using motion. The quick snap touchdown play was awesome. He was in his bag yesterday. Sean McVay called a brilliant, brilliant game. On our side, there was no brilliant game being called at all. We're obviously going to get to Matt Nagy. Let's start with you, Eli give me your thoughts on the game 24 10 and then we'll start getting into the details of naggy play calling the, the the roster we'll we'll get into we'll get into how how we feel about the details
2: yeah so there were some definitely some missed opportunities by the bears Tashawn gibson had an interception pick six probably at the end of the first half that he just didn't see the ball floating in the air uh there was the slug and go to Mooney on the sideline when they were backed up inside their own 10 that he Foles just overthrew it so they they didn't they left plays on the field but they really left the win at home back in Chicago they never packed it in their suitcase and took it with them to the west coast that that game plan had no chance of beating the Rams last night I don't know what Nick Foles was supposed to do behind an offensive line that had no chance they didn't protect him and then they just abandoned the running game again. So he's just a statue back there with no chance. So, yeah, I mean, there's blame to fall on everybody, offense, defense, special teams, coaching. But uh, I just don't understand what their best case scenario was in a game like that because they really didn't seem like they were prepared for what Sean McVay had for them and for what the offense was going to try to do against Aaron Donald and that Rams defense.
1: Big Nick the Quick, go ahead.
0: I mean – you put up 3 points on Monday night, you don't win the football game. You don't protect your quarterback, you don't win the football game. You have questionable play calls throughout the game, questionable decisions throughout the game. You don't call a timeout and have them punt when there's 10 seconds left, at, you know, at the end of the first half for no real reason at all, right? You just you just get into this habit about smarting yourself. It's 4th and 1 when the game is already out of reach. I get it. We were down 24-10, but it's 4th and 1 and for whatever reason you flip it to your kick returner. Instead of just lining up in the eye and giving it to David Montgomery for one yard. One yard. That's what we're talking about here. One yard, right? Your quarterback is just getting absolutely destroyed all night. We were talking about it with that. uh, I think it was to Mooney the one that he missed and overthrew a little bit. While Mooney was wide open, Nick Foles also had two guys in his face. right? Um, Which was just a great call by the defensive coordinator. Whoever that guy is on the Rams, the young guy, he'll be a head coach soon. Um, Just throwing all types of blitzes at us. Aaron Donald, while he was great and, you know, was a huge uh, disruption, it was really the other guys that were getting off. I mean, Leonard Floyd had two sacks, for God's sake. Like this is, you know, we we talked about it yesterday with the offensive line and how it's a point of concern. And it, it. Against a team like this, you fully saw what happened. You could not get anything going offensively. And then on top of that, Matt Nagy did you absolutely no favors with the play call. Why is Teddy Ginn still on the football team? What's the point? What's the point of being back there? Honestly, what's the point of being back there if you're going to make their punter the MVP?
1: Really quick on that. One of my biggest pet peeves in football is when punt returners don't catch the ball. I understand it's a lot of the times you're trying to get the ball to bounce into the end zone. The first punt we get bailed out, it jumps out of bounds at like the seven. The second punt, there's enough air on it that the Rams have enough time to run down, get behind the punt, and stand on the one-yard line and wait for it to bounce. Ted Ginn doesn't even attempt to try to go catch the punt. It's like it's so infuriating. That can change a drive starting from the one, even if it's from starting from the eight. Just go catch the ball. I know you don't want to make a mistake and 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 give the team the ball back, but that's what you're back there getting paid for. Cabron called for Cordell Passion to return punts. I think in week three when we started doing this, he's been saying that from the start. That uh, there's no uh, there's no reason. Hey, how about instead of giving the running back snaps that the touches you plan on giving Cordell at running back, how about you get, put, give it to him at, at at punt return?
2: And put another running back on the roster and get Ted Ginn off the active. Like what is he doing? He
0: yes, he doesn't play any offensive snaps at all, and he doesn't punt return, which is why he's on the team. Cordero Patterson's supposed to be your return specialist, 100%. Put the ball in his hands. We know he's not going to be scared. We know that that's not going to happen, what happened yesterday with Cordero Patterson on there. I mean, the whole thing was ridiculous. That is all a poorly coached team. And then if you listen to the broadcast, some of the things that were just being thrown out there on the broadcast, it was incredible. You think that Matt Nagy talks a lot. You got <laughs> guys throwing Anthony Miller under the bus. You got Akeem yeah. Hicks drinking 40 beers. You got <laughs> Nick Foles questioning play calling to Brian Greasy. I mean, that is incredible stuff. The broadcast was extremely telling to me. I thought the Anthony Miller thing was really telling when they said, oh, yeah, Anthony Miller is the guy who would be voted most likely to be late to practice. And it's like, <laughs> this is a guy who we know has focus issues, and his teammates are going out in the pre-game, uh, the pregame interviews with these guys and telling them about Miller's focus issues and laughing at it. Like, come on, man. This is all, this is all bad. Uh, I tried to give Nagy some some benefit of the doubt last week and talk about his record and all that, but let's 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 talk about it. What it is, man? This is a team with an offensive head coach and zero offense. Last night was a zero offense game, a zero offense game. They did that's nothing. Be,
1: that's being nice. Negative,
0: honestly. negative offense game. They yeah. did nothing impressive on offense, other than the forty yard Allen Robinson pass play at the end of the fucking ball game. Cole, yeah, Komet, not, absolutely,
2: absolutely. Cole, Komet, Cole Komet made a cameo and then vanished.
0: Well, I don't get that either. <laughs> yeah, it may... I know, Sean, you've been on him all year, but I'm starting to wonder is it him or is it Nagy? Yeah. When McNett's come in the game, he's made some plays. He had a touchdown last week. He had a great reception this week, but then we go away from him. So I don't get it. Maybe Nagy doesn't fuck with him. Maybe he Listen. doesn't block. I don't know. I need an answer on Cole Komet because when he does Listen. play, he's doing things. It's not Listen. like Shaheen. When Shaheen came in, he couldn't do anything.
1: That's true. This guy is I, – I tweeted it last night, and we've been talking about it. Last week, he scores a touchdown on the opening drive. We literally don't see him <laughs> the rest of the game. Then, especially in a game where we're not doing anything on offense, he comes in, makes the second biggest play after the – Allen Robinson makes the 40-yard catch after we're getting smoked already. Yeah, that was that, the
0: biggest play of the game. Yeah.
1: yeah, but that it's in the fourth quarter, right? right then, before, he no, no, he I'm talking him. about
0: the, the, the commit. The commit yes, was the biggest – Yes, exactly. Yes, yes.
1: The C- Cole Komet comes in, and makes the biggest play of the game. And, and a really good play. Went good. up, took the ball, caught it at its high point. That was great defense by the Rams. He went up and made a play. Then he comes back on the very next play. Yeah. And gets, and gets another catch. And then disappears. It's this is, you know what I you know now that I'm saying that out loud and I'm thinking about it, maybe, and and, and to, to Eli's point. The game plan never had a chance. It should have stayed in Chicago. That game plan was trash. It never, ever, ever was going to beat the Rams. And maybe he just gets stuck in the game plan and what he plans on doing and doesn't make any adjustments and doesn't do anything because there, there's no reason a guy should come off the bench. Especially after especially after Harris drops, drops that pass. Every week. For, yeah, for, for a first down. So then Cole Komet comes in. Makes a play, and then it's like, well, I don't have him on the game plan sheet, so then he's just not going to see. Like, there's no adjustments being made, so he's not going to not going to see the field. On Quick's point, we have an offensive coach that doesn't know what he's doing on offense. I have a couple questions for you that I'm going to get to, but 20 out of 24 times, or 24 out of 40 times, the Bears have failed to score 21 points in
3: Matt Nagy games. On,
1: in, in Matt Nagy games, it's, it's it's unacceptable. Here's Matt Nagy and his opening comments uh, post game.
3: I was just saying that, um, you know, this is a a game today where, um, you know, there's not a whole lot to say in that locker room other than in these situations uh, we got to be able to show what type of resolve we have to to bounce back from something like this. Uh, I I thought that, um, you know, I don't know all the stats, all the numbers in, in the three phases, but. I just felt like we knew defensively there was going to be times that they got chunks on us on with their offense, but we were going to, you know, bend and not break. I, I thought our defense for the most part did that. Uh, obviously stating the obvious, the, the offense, we, we, um, we got to get stuff figured out. Uh, it's not, not good enough. And to, you know, to be outscored by your, by your defense obviously is, is unacceptable too. So that part's frustrating. Um, Got to get stuff
0: figured out every fucking week. We, we got to get stuff week. figured out. Hey, we got to go get stuff figure stuff out, guys. I'm not gonna call anybody a quitter on this team, but we obviously got to figure some stuff out. Hey, this week we really got to get some stuff figured out. We got to go to work every fucking week for three years. <laughs> this <is laughs> offense fails to produce touchdowns on a consistent basis. He tells us that we have to go back to work.
1: And then on the on and on the Cole Komet thing, he this is the fourth week in a row. He said, "Yeah, Cole's earned it. He, you know, he, he, we got to get we'll get him more involved. We'll get him more involved." It's, I mean, and it also goes back to having seven tight ends. Like, the, I mean, it's it's also hard. Like, you bring in all these guys to play tight end, and then you draft a tight end, and it's like, I guess you try to get them all touches, but that's part of the problem as well. That's part uh, that's pace bringing in all these tight ends that he's trying to spread the ball around too
0: no but um, Komet should be your second tight end i mean jimmy graham does what he does but if cole Komet can do the things that we've seen him do the last couple of weeks which again the play yesterday you just said it it was a good play it's not like he was wide open and caught a ball that anybody could have caught he made a good right. play he did the right thing it was sort of a big chunk of yardage the two times that we've seen him he's made plays i don't understand why you don't have a guy in there that doesn't make plays and if it's something mental Maybe he doesn't know the playbook. Again, maybe he doesn't block. Come out and tell us that. Hey, Cole just still needs to figure out some things in the running game. Cole still needs to you know, get a grasp of the playbook. That's fine. There's ways that you can come out and let us know that that's what's happening. But coming out and saying, yeah, he's earned it, then the guy comes on the field, shows the fans that he's earned it, and then you don't play him. It doesn't make any sense. You're not doing the kid any favors.
2: And like the biggest play of the game was probably that interception that falls through in the end zone. It's second and four from the Rams' nine. This is the one time that the Bears have – sustained an offensive drive and move the ball down the field. Second and four, Jimmy Graham, your best red zone target, not on the field. Cole Komet, your second round pick, not on the field. Your third tight end, Demetrius Harris, is somehow in the game, doesn't block, and Foles throws it into double coverage to the sixth round rookie, Mooney, and it's intercepted. Like, there is clearly a disconnect between who Ryan Pace values as important to this team in the people he's giving big money to and investing second round picks in, and who Matt Nagy thinks will contribute Because if Komet and Graham aren't out there at the nine-yard line, then what is the point of having them on the team? Like, that's where they – would in theory thrive, and Nagy has no use for them there.
0: Well, and it's not like Nagy's reluctant to play young players either, right? Mooney yes. has fully solidified himself as the second receiver, and it's not like this guy was a high draft pick, and he's coming in over a high draft pick and Anthony Miller. So it's not like, oh, that's just Nagy not playing young guys. He has played young guys. Yeah, but yeah. To your point, what is the point of not having Comette in there? Why not have Jimmy Graham in there? And that does not excuse that decision by Foles. That oh no, an awful interception. There was absolutely nothing there. You cannot throw that ball in that situation. But to your point, Nagy is not – he's putting them in position to fail and then we're failing. So it's kind of like, you know, where do we start here? He's putting them in position to fail and then failing. Again, the play calling is being openly questioned by the broadcast <laughs> and then they're backing it up with the fact that the players are questioning it.
1: Yeah, so I agree. I agree through and through. I think – listen, man, we don't have <laughs> – we don't have enough skill players to leave our best skill players off the field in the red zone. <laughs> right. That, that is for, that's for damn sure. Jimmy Graham is literally our go-to in the red zone, and he absolutely has no business being on the sideline when we're in the red zone. I mean, as simple as that. And like you said, Nick, that's setting up the squad to fail, and they're failing. Here is uh, – well, let me ask you this because I'm gonna we're gonna talk about Nagy and we're gonna talk about personnel play calling and, and and that stuff. Here's the here's the outside of and like you said, Eli, I agree with you. I think that was the biggest play of the game because it was still 17 3 at that point. We we're finally putting some type of a drive together. We're moving the ball. We go down. If we score a touchdown there, it's 17 10, one possession game. It feels a lot closer. That game didn't feel close at any point. So that was the biggest play of the game. And then the Rams go right down and score off of the turnover. And then on a must-convert fourth and one, this is what we come up with. Flip it
0: to Patterson. Left side and he won't get there. What a play. Flip it to Patterson.
1: Left side, he won't get there.
0: What a play. Terrell Lewis. do, do you have the audio leading up to that?
1: I don't have the audio leading up to that, but I do Greasy have Nagy. Was
0: so suspect on that when he calls it. If you listen to it right before, <laughs> Greasy goes, They gotta get this. And Cordero Patterson's in there at running back. <laughs> like he literally questioned it yeah. right then and there.
1: Well, I tweeted last night that Nagy just does a lot of head scratching stuff. And I think, well, let me actually, before, before we get into it, we'll break it down after here's Matt Nagy on the Cordell Patterson play on a fourth and one.
3: If you could elaborate a little bit more uh, when you said you've never been a part of something like this before. And then in addition that the fourth and one to Cordero, what gives you confidence in that play on a pitch play to the short side? Yeah. Well, I've never, I don't think if I'm, I have no idea, but I don't, I don't ever remember and having our own defense score more than our offense that that's, that's, uh, that's hard to do. So, um, that part I don't like. And, um, that bothers me. Uh, the second part is sometimes what happens, Dan is we, you know, we, we scheme plays and we have things and certain looks that we like, and then there's the execution part. I got to go back and actually see the execution part. I know that our whole entire coaching staff and our players coming out of that break felt really good about that play. We all did. There's nothing where anyone was like, ah, maybe we shouldn't do that. No, we felt good. So they made a play, and and one thing that I want to do, and I didn't do on the front end.
1: So that's Nagy on the on the Cordell Patterson play. A couple things. It's a really sweet life for these coaches sometimes, or guys that just want to avoid it, where they could just say they don't have to answer any questions because they just say, you know, I got to go look at the tape. That, that should be banned. You shouldn't be able to say that. That should be a fine every time you say that. Because, I mean, dude, you're fucking calling the game. You're, you're the head coach. You're on the sideline. You're watching the, What do you mean you have to go look at the tape? Yeah, we didn't execute it. But, oh, it's just so frustrating that – and to your point, Nick, that you've been saying for weeks, when Cordell Patterson's in the game, Cordell Patterson is getting the ball. Yep. And or- every single defensive coordinator has to be telling their guys that. If you see – Cordell Patterson, he's getting the ball a hundred
0: and ten percent. He's the human telegraph. If he's in there, he's getting the ball. And furthermore, he's not getting the ball up the middle. You're sending him outside. You don't send Cordell Patterson up the middle. He's not a. He's a big dude, but he's not a bruiser. He's a speed guy. So you know it's gonna stretch play. It might be pitch. Whatever it might be, that type of play. It's no time. Blew that up in the backfield. It's a, a a fight for the one yard. He was up in the backfield. It never had a chance. That was an awful play call. The entire stadium knew what was coming. Just again, I don't understand. And this is, I talk about this play all the time. I don't know what game it was last year when we were at the goal line and he put Tariq Cohen in. Like sometimes yeah. you just do this stupid shit. It's head you don't, stuff. You don't go off of what's worked of literally. There's we say watch the film. There's 60 years of film of lining up guys in the eye formation and just and just going at somebody and trying well, to get that but yard. Keep,
1: but listen, you but, keep but listen, saying that listen, you keep saying that, but literally David Montgomery up the middle was getting zero all day, all night. I'd so rather I, die I, with that I mean, than die with a Cordell listen, Harris, Patterson flip. No, I I mean that i agree in the with backfield. You. I agree with that, but don't run either one. It wasn't working That yeah. wasn't working either. I mean, if you want to, if you wanted to run that up the middle, then just give them the ball back right there. So I, I don't mind trying to do something else, but putting Cordell Patterson in a pitch to the short side is not, is not the right play call. Let I mean, run the fucking
2: ball. To, in the to Nick's point, I just looked at the numbers. Patterson was on the field for 13 offensive snaps and he was either targeted or handed off to eight times. So that's a 60, 60%, 60% usage rate. Like, yeah it doesn't take a genius to figure out like oh 84 is in the game that's where the ball is probably going and like Matt Nagy you're an offensive coach you're supposed to scheme up a play that can get one yard and like Sean like you said the running up the middle was not going to work I appreciate that they ran away from Aaron Donald for one time instead of running right at him which they tried to do earlier in the game but a toss to the short side with your kick returner is just not an inspired play when you need to convert fourth down I mean, they they tried that last year. Remember, in the season opener against the Packers, they handed it off to Patterson, and it got stuffed right away. Like, this is not a short yardage back. He's a kick returner. <laughs> like, like
1: short yardage back. Yeah, not he's not Mike right? Allstott. Yeah, like, I guess yeah. Really, really quick, Nick, because I because I agree with you. I I don't have a problem running the yeah. ball, but then then either you're the offensive guru, just come don't, out. Don't listen, do that. Hold on, listen. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. But come out in a different formation, maybe. Come out in. A, uh, spread it out like you're gonna throw it and run it don't line up you, you, I mean th- there's just stuff like nuanced stuff like that it's, it's just you knew the play you knew the play you bro. knew the no, play that was, you exactly. knew the play the back that. there
0: again if you get that audio with Greasy he literally says it with the questions like in Cordero Patterson's in there at running back mm-hmm. it's like come on man here the fuck we go again because they've been sitting there for four quarters watching this bullshit and they're again listen to the broadcast it was so telling they were openly questioning Matt Nagy the entire fucking game and then backing it up with players openly questioning Matt Nagy. That shit is telling. That is telling. Your quarterback is literally saying, I get plays sometimes and I know I'm gonna end up on my ass. And it won't work.
1: We're gonna get to that, and then we're gonna get to because I know Eli wants to talk about it, though. We're gonna get to that, and then we're gonna we're gonna get to <clears> Foles <throat> clearing it up or not clearing it up after. Let me ask you guys this. I'll start with you, Eli. Is this more – I got two questions. This is the first one. Is this more Matt Nagy's fault on offense, or is it the personnel that Pace has put together?
2: I I think it's Matt Nagy's fault because he, he put the onus on him when he changed from Trubisky to Foles. Like, he was like, this is the quarterback I want. This guy knows my system. We can run my offense with Foles back there. And Foles has back, gone back there and had gone no better than Mitch Trubisky did. And I'm not saying that they should switch back, but at least number 10 could run. Like, at least Mitch was making plays with his feet. He could stretch the field, get out of the pocket, throw on the run. Foles is just a statue back there, like I said earlier. So I put this all on Nagy. It's the quarterback he wanted in the system that he designed. So the the blame falls on him. We make the quit.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: during the season, I have to put it on Matt Nagy. You know, every coach in the NFL is playing with a roster that they have, and that's what you got to do. And at this point, there's no time for excuses saying we should have done this, we should have done that. <clears throat> um,
3: I will well, say also, that they ignored the offensive line. We talked,
0: about it, we talked about it last year. We talked about it last year. They ignored the offensive line. And you cannot win when your offensive line is bad and you do all you do is fire the coach and take a defensive tackle and put him at guard. <laughs> that's that's what you that was your remedy for a failing offensive line is to take a defensive tackle and put him at guard. So you get what you deserve. I don't know whose call that was. I don't know if that was a Nagy call or a pace call to take a coward and put him at, at, at guard. But that's what you did. But at this point, you know, it's hard to watch that game and come away and blame anybody else other than Matt Nagy for some of the things that he did. Because I don't think that they – it's not like they were pummeling us on offense. Like we were in that – surprisingly, we were in that game until we weren't. You know what I mean? Um, so
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean that half we were it was a one score game.
0: Yeah, I think into the fourth quarter we were. Until that that red zone pick absolutely killed us. But yeah, I um, was in the I mean, third we were, quarter. It was dead yeah, after that. But we, after but they we yeah. went
1: down and scored after that, it was, dead. It, was right, three, it was dead.
0: But even then, it's like, hey, pick, touchdown, now it's a one score game, and you can get back into it. So it's not like on offense they were just put – like they, they, they should have really beat us 41 to 10. All the chances that we gave them on offense. Right. Um, So, you know, when you look at it like that, it's like, man, you couldn't scheme up 14 points for us real quick, dog. Like you couldn't scheme up 14 points when your defense is out there making plays left and right and you can't put it on the defense. They said this is the best stat I heard last night. The defense just gave up their long their first passing touchdown of more than 10 yards. Yeah, It was like a 13 yard (laughs) touchdown from in the red zone. Like, come on, all year. Like, come on, dog. They don't, we said it last week, they don't give up big plays. There are so many defenses in the NFL that absolutely deflate you with giving up big plays. This defense is not giving up big plays. They put you back on the field. They force turnovers. They keep the pressure. And you can't do anything on offense. Three and out. Unimaginative bullshit. Overthrows. Quarterback on his ass. Left and right. And you don't do anything about it. But you still calling these plays that put him on his ass and he knows it. You know it. The fans know it. Everybody knows it. And then you come out in the middle of, after the after the press conference and talk about well, everybody liked these players coming out. What the fuck you think they're going to do stand up and say, oh, no, no, Nat, Matt, don't call that. Like, come on, man. Right. Uh, you are the head coach. Don't come out there and be like, well, everybody liked it coming out. You're the fucking boss. Like, what right. are you talking about, man? This isn't, this isn't a, this is, you don't take a vote before you have the play. It's not <laughs> like everybody has a chance to say aye. You know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. What are you talking about? Everybody liked it coming out. It's in the heat of the moment of a fucking football game. You call the play, guys go out and do it. But then you blame it on the execution. That was a sly little pass of the responsibility right there. It wasn't the execution. It's in the play call, it's in the game plan. Take some fucking accountability for yourself. Say, look, I'm not getting it done as a play caller right now. I need to go back and watch some film. I need to figure out the strengths and weaknesses of my football team and get out of my own fucking way. I need to react to what's happening in the game, not what I want to do before the game. That was a, some real slick shit to talk about. I need to go back and watch the film and see the execution. No, the fuck you don't.
1: Fuck. I mean, man.
0: go go
2: ahead.
1: Yeah, no, the Quick is warming up. I, <laughs> no, because I agree with you. I think uh, he's always kind of – past the he's never really owned it I've never heard him be like yeah that's on me let's keep it moving has the, I don't think he's ever said that ever so that is a good point in, in, a, in a in a little a little tidbit you picked up quick on yeah it's just on it's it's more execution more than the play call. you know who just, says execution
0: a lot Adam Gase watching Adam Gase <laughs> yeah. he says execution like a hundred times dude it's like no bro you're, you're not good at your job
1: just come out and say it was a bad play call and keep it moving. Yeah. yeah. That was a
2: that was a Trustman thing too. He would always be like, We had our best best week of practice and it just didn't work on Sunday. It's like, yeah. okay, well <laughs> obviously didn't have a great week. <laughs> yeah. Like what, maybe the evaluation of the practice was a flaw. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, let me ask you the second question. Is it time for Nagy to give up play calling duties? I'm talking about today. He comes out and says, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on leading the squad and and, and passes the book. Eli yeah. go ahead.
2: I mean, I guess it would depend on who, who he's passing that responsibility to. I still want him involved in the play calling because that's in, in reason why he was hired. That's his expertise, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, I think that the idea of him calling plays is probably not working. So so passing the buck to someone else probably can't hurt. Um, like we said, there's no way to fix the the leaky offensive line. Literally at four of the five positions, they have below average or like players that should not be starting in the NFL. And it's really hard to scheme around that, but you look at what the Rams were doing. I watched uh, a lot of the Tampa Bay game on Sunday. Like, they just have short, easy throws for their quarterbacks. Like, don't put them in these pressure situations. Meanwhile, the Bears are doing like seven-step drops and like these deep routes with a, a leaky offensive line that have no chance of working. Like, like what uh, Greasy was saying on the broadcast. So, you get a new play caller, and maybe they can scheme up something that's just quick and easy and can move the field, move the ball down the field. Because what what's happening now is just not working.
0: You're married to Matt Nagy and his play calling at this point in the season. I mean, what are you gonna do? Switch somebody's role on the fly?
1: Yeah, maybe. all the time. Like
2: yeah. they the the O C like knows can can call plays. Like yeah. They did not like that huge of a jump, I would think. I, I, I mean, I I wanted to get your take on it. I mean,
1: there's no there's Matt Nagy would jump into the Chicago River.
2: Yeah,
0: it's not happening. Yeah,
1: he would do anything. He would never well, give up play calling. Because what
0: happens once he gives up play calling duties? What does he do? He becomes Hugh Jackson. He just uh, <laughs> Jason Garrett. Flat I mean, Herb, Roger, he, let's go. Hey he, rah rah rah. He's he, not calling any defensive plays.
1: He is a good rah rah guy.
0: That's great. Yeah,
1: fine. I put mean, him listen, the, you put know, him on no, the field well, has a rah rah, but well, listen, he's not going to give up
0: play calling duties. And I don't, I don't, I don't know too much about Bill Lazor, the play caller. I know mm-hmm. that the last time he called plays for the Cincinnati Bengals and I don't remember their offense lighting the world on fire either. So, I mean, I think at this point you really are stuck with this Matt Nagy play-calling thing. He's not the type of head coach who's going to remove himself from play-calling duties because that's what he does. He is a play-caller.
1: Honestly, in the NFL, your best – or it would be in your best team's interest, kind of like Mike Tomlin, where your head coach is literally the rah-rah guy and keeps people in check. The problem with it now is that – you have to go get an offensive-minded head coach because if you don't and your offensive coordinator's a stud, you're going to be filling that spot every year and every two years. There's, there's You're going to try to... So you've got to try to keep your head coach to be the offensive guy to be the offensive guru so that you could keep that offensive philosophy in for for a long period of time like Andy Reid and the Chiefs, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I it was... I, I, We knew the answer to the question. I just thought something's got to change because like we said 24 or 40 games you don't score 21 points this is literally if nick if you can go back and you remember i the the reason i loved the naggy hire in the first place was because it was going to be an offensive focus like that was that was the biggest thing and it's just not happening man it's not working
0: no, it's been an offensive focus. It's just been the wrong focus. It's been an offensive focus. <laughs> he, fo- yeah. he focuses on offense. That's why he calls all this dumb shit, but it doesn't work. There have there hasn't been the offensive adjustment. You got to yeah, you got to KYP, man. Know your people, know your personnel. If you if you don't have the offensive line to do 7-step dropbacks, don't do 7-step dropbacks.
1: You know what Straight I mean? like that. Yeah. Well, don't, if, you, if,
0: you, if you have a power back, don't run a sweep with them. I'm not saying that we do that, but I'm saying like, you know what I mean? Like you got to look at your personnel and be like, hey, this is who we got right now. I, I think that he just, you, you said it earlier. He knows what he wants to do and he is so set in doing it. And he told you last week in the press conference, yeah. the reason I did this is because I wanted to do this two plays later. So when you yeah. have someone who thinks that way and they think that they're that smart and they just want to show the world everything that they can do, even though it doesn't make sense. You know these type of people, man. They exist all over the place. You've worked with them. You know what I mean? It's just that person who's just no matter what it is, they're going to do what they're going to do. And they want to zag when everybody's so – though, there's no fucking reason to zag. And that's what Matt Nagy does, <laughs> man. That's why you pitch to Cordell Patterson on fourth and one. That's why Tariq Go- Cohen gets goal line carries. That's why you don't call the timeout for the punt. And, like, I will, it's just all it, – none of it makes sense. I,
2: I mean, think it, that's it, it's – like, It's telling that the running game was working better the first two weeks when they were running this offense that Nagy didn't like, but they had to make it work for Trubisky, but it was working. Like, I mean, yeah, Trubisky was turning the ball over, but they were moving the ball on the ground. Now they have the offense that in theory, the coach wants to run and it doesn't do anything. So maybe, yeah, like, like Nick said, the problem lies with the person calling the plays doesn't understand how to use the skill that, that he's been given. So and let,
0: let me ask you this, too, because I was thinking about this last week with because of how stubborn Matt Nagy is. So you remember the year that we went 12-4, and 4, uh, was it 12-4, 11-5, whatever the fuck it was? Um, and, and Trubisky was the best running quarterback in the league, right? Like, he, 20. He, he was just an awesome running quarterback. And like it was like, hey, when all else fails, you can just have him run and run around and scramble and all that. And then we just stopped doing it last year, didn't really do it this year, and there was really no reason as to why. Like... Is that a Matt Nagy thing? Is he that stubborn that when he saw that that's what Mitch does best, but it's not what Matt Nagy wants to do, that he just stopped calling those plays? You know what he I'm did. saying? Like, why did, why why? did it, it, it just makes me think about decisions like that when you look at a game like last night. Is he so dead set in his vision of what an NFL offense should look like that he refuses to play guys to their strengths? Because when Mitch would run the ball, I know it's not the best way to preserve your young quarterback and eventually he's going to get hurt, but whatever at this point like why did we stop running with mitch you know i mean what happened to all the design runs what happened to the rollouts what happened to the things that he was okay at we didn't do them. he kept trying to fit him into a different type of box of what he thought his quarterback should look like and this is by no no means me saying that mitch trubisky is a productive quarterback or it's Nagy's fault that he's not good or anything like that but just he doesn't look at his team and play them to their strengths
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the longest run for the Bears this year is that long run that Trubisky had in, what was that, week one, week two? Trying to find the the stats. But, like, that's where their offense would thrive, was when Mitch was out making plays with his feet and something would open downfield and he could maybe make that throw. But, yeah, they got rid of that. Nagy talked all last year about how 2018 was – one naggy 101 and that Trubisky was going to graduate to 202 and like yeah, master and level masters level courses and stuff. And then it just stopped. And it's like, was the problem Mitch that he couldn't pick up the offense, or was Nagy unsure? Like maybe he's just a shitty teacher and like can't convey the message to the quarterback? Honestly, I, I, <laughs> I forgot about Nagy two hundred two and Nagy yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He's like, right now we're on Nagy one hundred one. We'll be on Nagy <laughs> 202. we We'll be on two hundred two here coming up. Yeah, at, right.
0: at Trump University, huh? <laughs> 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 it's about as valuable as that lesson's going to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, I'm starting to think. Trubisky was the easy target, and I I don't think Trubisky was, is, is or was a good quarterback, but I'm starting to think just spread it all around. The The team that Pace has put together is not very good. On offense, I'll say that. Nagy is not very good, but doesn't have a lot of pieces around to, to work with. And Trubisky had so much pressure on him that Nagy or that Pace put in by tra- drafting and going up to get him that he just couldn't fill those. He couldn't fill those shoes, so I'm starting to think it's, it's 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 all the way around. Then it was more than just Mitch's fault. I want to play. Uh,
0: the pace is also whiffed on what six first round picks.
1: Yeah, a lot of them.
0: Did he make the Fuller pick or was that? Uh,
2: no, that was uh, Phil Emery. That oh, was the last Emery. Phil Emery pick. Okay. Yeah. So he's and hit on
0: first him. round. Has he hit on a single first rounder then?
2: I mean, it we went Kevin White, yeah. Leonard yeah. Floyd, Davis. Mitch Trubisky. Davis. 28 who was 18. And they traded two for Mac. Who was, yeah. I don't know who 2018 was. We haven't
0: had a first round pick in two years, right? Yeah. No. Mac is Smith. Yeah. And then so he's Mac,
1: one. And then Mac is your other one.
0: Yeah, so yeah.
1: But he's just I wanna,
0: first round picks all over.
1: <laughs> I want to touch on this false play because I know we had some stuff to talk about. And then we're going to close the show with a new segment. We're going to call we'll call it. Story time with with K but we'll get that. Uh, but here's the big, big, big talking point after the game was Brian Greasy's comments about Foles' confidence in the plays that are coming from. Matt Nagy. Here's Brian Greasy on the telecast.
3: We were talking to Nick Foles yesterday, and he said, you know, sometimes play calls come in, and I know that I don't have time to execute that play call. And, you know, I'm the one out here getting hit. And sometimes the the guy calling the plays, Matt Nagy, he doesn't know how much time there is back here. And so that's something that they have to get worked out.
1: So did Brian Greasy just – make that up or did he take it completely out of context or do you think there's a little might've been, maybe it was a conversation greasy wasn't supposed to to, to say on national TV quarterback confidential. (laughs) Yeah. QB confidential. Or was it? Yeah. I I'm interested to to get your thoughts on what, what what does that mean? Exactly. Eli, go ahead.
2: I mean, either he was, throwing the offensive line under the bus or he's throwing Nagy under the bus. Like it there's, it's really hard to decipher anything else besides that. Like he's saying like, I'm getting these play calls and they're doomed to fail because I, I know I'm going to be on my ass within three seconds. So either he's saying Nagy doesn't understand how long a play takes, or he's saying the offensive line can't hold a block for long enough for the play to develop. Of course, he's taking no responsibility for himself, which he needs to get rid of the ball quicker, but that's beyond the point. Like, either it's one or the other and they're both clearly problems. Nagy's play calling is a mess. The offensive line is a mess, but Poles has to take some responsibility for that. I think like, it's not like he's lighting up the world out there when he does have a clean pocket. It's just a mess all around. Yeah. If I had to guess,
0: not even guess, I I know that that was a shot at Nagy. Like I get, I think the, the offensive line are kind of, you know, just collateral at that point in in that attack. But I think that was a hundred percent, Um, a 100% aimed at Matt Nagy because he even said the guy who's calling the plays isn't the one who's getting hit right you know what I mean so I think that was 100% aimed at Nagy and if you look at it remember last was it last week or the week before when Foles was imploring Nagy to stay hurry up stay in the hurry up this works this works and even last night what worked for the Bears staying in the hurry up when it slows down and Matt Nagy starts to get his hands all over the play calling Nick Foles doesn't like it, and it doesn't work for the Bears. So I think that that was telling, man. Again, the hurry-up was the only success that we had in offense last night. When Foles was out there doing his own thing and and not, and then as soon as it stops, that's when they call that play that Foles throws the pick on. So um, he was 100% throwing Nagy under the bus. He doesn't fuck with the play calling because Nick Foles is out there in the trenches with guys in his face. He knows the drill.
1: Well, just so we're clear, Foles said that those comments were miscommunication that he didn't – he essentially said he didn't say that but he didn't
0: uh, want those lines he did because he didn't want his lineman to be mad at him he yeah, didn't well, want his defensive I mean, tackle guard to be mad at him
1: I, I don't know if the comment was chopped up but something was said and greasy didn't just <laughs> didn't just get on tv and just make up <laughs> his conversation right right so yeah. yeah it's uh it's interesting
0: that's really interesting
1: yeah that's like
0: that's very interesting. Like, and even if Foles thought it was off the record, like, come on, man. You're talking – greasy yeah. media guy at this point. He's calling the game. His job is to get nuggets and information that he can spread out throughout the broadcast. So if you're telling him that, like, you're frustrated. you Like, you're feeling that. You want to get that off your chest to somebody. You know what I mean? Like, this is the – yeah. This type of stuff doesn't happen when you're happy with your head coach.
1: No. Or the play calling.
0: Or the play calling. Yeah. He's like, you're going to send me out there against Aaron Donald and them boys – and apparently Leonard Floyd too, and I'm gonna get my ass kicked <laughs> because Yo, you Leonard, want to do seven step drops and you want to get cute.
1: In the same week, I was haunted by Cody Parkey and Leonard Floyd. It was crazy, brutal. Yeah. Maybe Kevin
0: Floyd. Kevin White's on the Saints next week. <laughs> he <gets> 40 <laughs> yard touchdown. For <laughs>
1: you said Kevin White gonna go crazy? They gonna yeah. pick him up off waivers? Yeah.
0: Absolutely, Kevin White, man. Uh, who Mike else? Mike Thomas next? is still all, hurt. All Kevin those guys. White. Yeah, can't guard
2: Mike. Can't guard Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Howard revenge game. Jordan Howard
0: comes it's out so for, for, wow. a buck, for a buck 20. Yeah. Oh man. Taylor Gabriel.
1: Final, <laughs> final, <laughs> final stat line. Nick Foles, 28 of 40, 261, two interceptions. David Montgomery, 14 carries for 48 <laughs> yards. It was brutal, brutal all day on the ground. Cordell Patterson, three carries, one yard.
2: I mean, again, if you had said to uh yesterday morning that Nick Foles is going to throw the ball 40 times, we would have known that it's a loss. Like,
3: that
2: that just can't happen if you win the game. Like, that's just not going to work. Well, yeah, and then, I mean, I thought it was (laughs) – yeah.
0: I was going to say, where where are you guys at with that defensive touchdown and the celebration? You think at that point the defense was – you think the defense is like, fuck it, we're a separate ball club from these (laughs) offensive guys and we're going to (laughs) get off because we scored a touchdown? Because normally I'd be mad about that shit. Like, man, y'all are down 14 Mm -hmm. points. Like, why are we celebrating? But I was like, man, y'all deserve it. Fuck well, Eddie was like, years. finally,
2: they didn't take one away from me. Yeah, like, was, I, I'm
1: going to celebrate. I'm getting mine off. <laughs> it's number yeah. six. I'm not going to lie. It pissed me off when it was happening initially um, because score the touchdown, get off the field. We got a lot more work to do. I mean, still one unit. Hey, listen, uh, or, or like Eddie, if you want to celebrate or spike it or go talk to the, the, the end zone camera, Cool. Don't try to orchestrate some big <laughs> celebration with the, other, with the whole rest of the team. The rest of them just didn't he's, want to come. He's, yeah, calling, he's calling the rest of the team over. No, nah, man. We're, we, we've been getting gashed. Hey, and as, I know we didn't touch on the defense. They got their ass busted too. So, I mean, let's not be and, – and I know, Nick, you never want to slander the D. Listen – Well, I mean, but how many hey, possessions – Bro, they got their ass clean busted yesterday. They, they got they were...
0: enough, they played a good enough game to win. They played a good enough game to win. The defense played a good yeah, enough game to win. About they're on the field left and right.
2: Yeah, I mean they they were put in a horrible spot because they know in the back of their head that they, if they don't make a stop, they have no chance of winning. Like they're just putting in, in no man's land. I I thought they were they they've definitely played better games. They were sloppy at times, but. I, I agree with, with Nick that they played well enough to win. If Deshaun Gibson makes that interception and, and runs it in for a touchdown like it looked like he could have, it's a whole new ball game. Like they were in they were in solid position. They didn't they didn't make enough big plays probably, but uh the, the loss falls squarely on the offense. I'm not gonna blame the defense for that. That's all on the offense.
1: We, we give up one hundred and sixty one yards on the ground. They always give up yards. I said hundred and sixty one rushing yards were giving yeah. up. They
0: give, yeah. Okay. Fine. Oh, uh, no problem. No, no, it's not a no problem, but it's how much how much were they on the field? The offense kept putting them on the field in bad positions. The offense would start at the one because the Rams have a fucking 18 million dollar punter, which is <laughs> incredible to me. I looked it up. This guy signed for hey, eight of he, mil, might have been, he, and he might got every dollar, he got every dollar's worth he last mil.
1: 100
0: percent starting at the one. Are you kidding me?
1: I've never yeah. seen someone kick at 90 yards, bro. No, that guy's a problem. He yeah. caught that shit on the 10 and put it on the other five. Look, that,
0: <laughs> shit, like, that, what? That, that guy is problematic. I need yeah. that guy. Um, yeah, no, I mean, he, he Yeah. He. 100% um, was the MVP of that game for them. But, yeah, man, the defense The defense played well enough to get the W. If you had had a C-plus wow. offensive performance, you would have won that ballgame. How many of those points are because they're on the field, they're gassed. By the end of the game, they were tired. Yeah, you could run all over them. They're fucking tired. They did enough to win the ball game, man. They did enough to win the ball game. After all that, they only gave up twenty four points. The Rams should have scored forty one points. Three years ago, the Rams would have scored forty one points in that game.
1: They weren't. They weren't getting owned up front for the most part. I, the
0: offensive situation was so bad that you can't put it on the defense. I'm sorry. If you would have had oh, a semi competent offense last night, you would have won that ball so game. So if you
1: if you had to grade the defense, what what would you what was, what's the grade you give them last night?
0: C C. Yeah.
1: Okay. So that's that's a bad. C's good get degrees, baby. <laughs> that's a bad performance for
2: two point oh dog. And, and right, do they, you know well, yeah, they're graded on a scale, but if you grade on the, the offense on the same scale, they've gotten F's across the board. Pretty much all season. I so. mean,
1: we—it's a, a curved grading system. <laughs> I mean,
2: last right. might—it
1: might be time AP to start. Classes. It might be time to start calling this the worst offense in the league. The Jets. Yeah, the, Je- yeah, the Jaguars. I mean, the but Jets, we're up there. Yeah, the Jaguars put up points this week. Yeah, we're up there. Uh, I
2: mean, it, yeah, it's we're, one we're of the right,
0: worst offenses in the league. Absolutely. We're, we're I mean, right when you the-
2: when you combine a defense or an offense that can't do anything and a special team that doesn't touch, like Ted Ginn just standing there watching the ball, like the defense had no chance of, of making plays that they needed to like they like nick said they were bend but don't break they let up 24 points that's not that bad in my opinion yeah, they the scored bears and they scored 7 so like net 17 points like the on. bears
0: defense gives up yards not points that's it's, it's been that way for years yeah. give up yards not points 24 points it, with the amount of opportunity that the offense had last night i'm fine with that i can live with that you score 28 that's a w he scored twenty-one. It's probably a W. It probably wins twenty-one seventeen. Like I fucking told you yesterday. I can't. I'm, it's the offense. It's you the were offense. You're never going to win that offense. game. You cannot watch that game and come away with anything other than the fact that the Bears are a horrendous offense team, offensively, offensive team, and their coach does not do them any favors. Lack of talent, lack of play calling, lack of execution, whatever you want to call it. It's all there. Slack.
1: It doesn't. It doesn't get any easier. Bears. In the in the you know I like to call the third the third the afternoon game America's game on Fox is the, <laughs> is the third national national or fourth national game. There's Thursday night, there's Sunday night, there's Monday night, and then there's your sat your Sunday late kick on Fox, and that's the slot we're in next week against the Rams at home or against the Saints at home. So it doesn't get any easier. Let's close it out. The Week Seven Recap. Cabron is gonna give us a story weekly. Eli, my guy, take it away.
2: Yeah, so I, I covered the team for four seasons, uh, twenty fourteen through twenty seventeen. So it was the the last year of Tressman and the three years of John Fox. So I saw maybe the four worst years of Bears football that <laughs> one <laughs> Grow the man. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but my story is uh from the that twenty fourteen season, which was just absolute batshit crazy. Um, I was reminded of this. Um, it came up on my, like, memories time hop thing six years ago last week. The Bears lost to uh, the Dolphins at home, 27-14. I'm looking it up now. So uh, the media, we come down, we get outside the locker room, and we just hear Brandon Marshall just going nuts, yelling, this is ridiculous. You guys need to to play better. You need to – this is unacceptable. He kept yelling, like, this is bullshit. We get into the locker room. We find out that he was yelling at Robbie Gold, who was standing up for Jay Cutler because Cutler wanted no part of talking to Brandon Marshall. Marshall's just going ballistic. I, and I have clear memory of Dante Rosario, who was like the backup tight end, just like standing there in the corner, like shaking his head, being like, this dude is fucking nuts. Speaking <laughs> of Marshall, Robbie Gold is just like trying to defend his quarterback's honor. And then the following week, I swear to God, at least six guys on that team had their own radio show. And they're all like giving their perspective, their point of view about how, oh, they was just blown out of proportion. This team is together, blah, blah, blah. The next week they go to New England and lose like 52 to 10. Lamar Houston breaks his Achilles celebrating a sack like this. It was just a complete clusterfuck. Nobody liked Mark Trestman. Brandon Marshall just went off every week yelling at players, taking no responsibility for his own. And yeah, that was that's my memory of, of week six of 2014, which or week seven, I guess it was. But
0: if, if yeah. you could sum up the Brandon Marshall teammate experience, <laughs> what, what would you
2: say? Uh, I mean, he had his guys. He, he had people that he liked. But for the rest of the people, they were just targets like he would he would just go off. Yeah, I I, I would not want to be teammates with that guy.
0: Wasn't there a story of when he was going off one day and, and Lance Briggs just slipped out the back of the locker room? Yeah. Like, yeah I want no part of this.
2: <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'll meet you guys in the hallway. Yeah. he Marshall just had his way of just like, he would like bring the whole media over to like his locker and then just not want to answer questions. But he wanted to like make sure that he was on the local news at night. Like, just like... <laughs> Marty Bennett is like over here, like promoting his children's book. Like it was just like so dysfunctional. How and then Tressman was just like, it was literally the inmates running the asylum. Like Tressman had no chance of corralling those dudes. It was just insane.
0: I think you should come with the Tressman. I think we could have Tressman stories for like the foreseeable future yeah. because this guy, that that tenure, I think is yeah.
1: It's another it's <laughs> another offensive genius. That's not a that doesn't score any points. Yeah,
2: it was oh, those, they, In
1: like
0: '96,
2: they, they yeah they had they had several problems besides lack of points. That was a horrible defense. They the, the the fact that Mel Tucker is a Big Ten head coach is still hilarious to me because that was one of the Charles worst Will. worst coach defenses I'd ever seen in my life. But. <laughs> yeah.
1: And and they just got throttled in week one. Uh, of his tenure at Michigan State, too. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking about that actually this weekend going into the game. Like, Mel Tucker has a job, for real? <laughs> Shout, out, <laughs> Mel Shout out Mel Tucker. Shout out Mel Tucker. Keep cashing those checks. Cut the cut the Black Lives Matter checks. <laughs> pay, that, pay that man <laughs> his check, boy. Yeah, all good. He's
0: got a four-year deal.
1: That's it for week seven. No catch-up sports talk via Chicago. Ugly in L.A. Let's see if we can bounce back next week. Five and two. Man, this doesn't feel like five and two. I feel like we're the Browns. It's like the same thing. Um, But we got next week. We're at home. Maybe we can get back on the winning track for Eli Caberon, for Big Nick the Quick. I'm your host, Sean Little. No catch-up sports talk via Chicago. Lock in with us.